0: So without further ado, let's begin.
1: Hey guys, we are reading from A Day at a Time, February 10th. Until now, we may have equated the idea of beginning again with a previous record of failure. This isn't necessarily so. Like students who finish grade school and begin again in high school or workers who find new ways to use their abilities our beginnings must not be tinged with a sense of failure in a sense every time every day is a time of beginning again we never we need never look back with regret life is not necessarily like a blackboard that must be erased because we didn't solve problems correctly but rather a blackboard that must be cleaned to make way for the new Am I grateful for all that has prepared me for this moment of beginning? Today I pray. May I understand that past failures need not hamper my new courage to give a murky cast to my new beginnings. May I know from the examples of others in recovery that former failings, once faced and rectified, can be a more solid foundation for a new life than easy come successes. Today I will remember... Failings can be footings for recovery. So many things come up with this one. Who? Let's see. Well, first off, I want to talk about these former failures um, once faced and rectified. So, a failure, like a slip, like like break in your sobriety, losing your abstinence, you fell off the wagon. It doesn't have to be the end of the story. It can be faced and it can be rectified and you yourself become stronger and your story becomes stronger and more compelling and more relatable. I mean, there's so much good that can come out of the failure. But I will say this just because, you know, I'm reading this in the day that I'm reading it, um, that sense of like being doomed before you've even begun. (laughs) Our new beginnings must not be tinged with a sense of failure. Um, I'm just laughing a little because, oh my gosh, the headspace I was in the other day was like, I've, I felt totally doomed before I, before I even got home from work. I was like, I can't face the dirty house. <laughs> like it's too much. It's too overwhelming. Like, I think that like the kitchen was going to eat me alive when I walked in the door because I just couldn't tackle the mess. Um... That is a sense of failure before you even begin. And I can tell you my feet felt heavy. I like somehow was having trouble focusing on my final task at work, which, you know, ended up with me getting home even later and having even less time to work on things. And, you know, this was it was becoming this like big monster. This messy kitchen was becoming a monster in my head um, because i had already decided that it was, too much, that it was, that I was going to fail, that it it was just too overwhelming to even begin. And so the dishes didn't get done and the problem persisted. And I think we can carry this over into our disease, like when it was just seemed too hard to, to stop engaging in my substance of choice then I just, you know, you get the the efforts, <laughs> and you just don't even start, and then you end up even deeper in it, and then it's even harder to try the next day. And there's a saying, "Nunc chepi." It's Latin for "begin again," and that's kind of the a battle cry that I want to. You know, start my day with um, every day is a new beginning like they said but every moment can be a new beginning and I'm really like preaching to myself here because I'm feeling kind of down lately <laughs> um, so every moment can be a new beginning every moment can be a time that I reassert my steps 1, 2, and 3 I can't, God can and I'm going to let Him and There's a fun little prayer. (laughs) What was it? That just like came out of my mouth. And I was like, oh, I like that. And it was like, "Uh, come, Holy Spirit, teach me how to pray. Come, Holy Spirit, help me get out of the way. (laughs) And I really like that. It's kind of like my version of the set aside prayer. Um, And like, really, truly, I feel like when I am like, when my beginnings are tinged with a sense of failure, I'm getting in my own way. I'm not even turning it over to my higher power. And I'm just deciding ahead of time that I'm doomed. (laughs) And there is no logic to it. I think that's just my disease thinking. But gosh darn it, am I like, you're right. You're absolutely right. I should just go back to bed. (laughs) And so if that is you, you're not alone. And I would encourage you to just reach out to someone who can champion you, who can you know, cheer you on in your recovery, who can help you choose like one practical thing to do, whether it's your sponsor, usually sponsor's a good one, um, coach, friend, fellow, someone who can be your accountability buddy to say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this thing. And there's another part, the last line here, failings can be footings for recovery. And when I read that, I haven't done this very often, and I actually feel kind of weird reading my own poetry because I, I don't read it out loud ever. I just write it. <laughs> um, but it made me think of a, a a poem that I had written a while back about how kind of like talking about how our failures our pain points can become footings for recovery, except it wasn't specifically about recovery, but it's just about those pain points becoming footholds. So I'm going to read it to you because why the heck not? <laughs> and it just sits here, not being read anyway. So um, it's called Thorns and Roses. And here we go. As I marvel before the interior life, in awe I take in how it towers alive. A work of the will, with grace as its source. To enter this climb will unveil your core. I struggle to say how this image arrived. Something about roses has pestered my mind. But here I stand, Thumbelina in size, for the massive rose of the interior life. Planted at baptism, watered by faith, been gifted this flower, now mine to keep safe. This rose is my means to repair what was lost in the garden when doubt cast a shadow of lust. Every inch I ascend restores him in me. His likeness pervades every inch of my being. But how do I climb this thin woody stem? But how do I hold in the lifelong surrender? Ah, the thorns jut out strong. They are a foothold. Give me somewhere to rest when my grip starts to go. Could it be that these spikes, I now comprehend, are safe when approached from the proximal end? Safety exists when I stay at their base, my perspective is switched, I now see their grace. On this end they protect me, they don't threaten to poke, in fact ward off intruders from taking me off. And what is the source of these prickles so called but the stem, the wood, the trunk, the cross? You see, something has switched with the thorns of my life. They used to be sources of pain and of strife. But now I can see they are what keeps me close to my means to have liberty, freedom for God. Not freedom from pain, fatigue, or unrest, but freedom to climb till I reach the end. At the end is the rose, most beautiful flower. It's still just a bud in my own spiritual tower. But as I progress, maybe I'll start to smell that scent, the beautiful essence of God. And this sweetness will guide me straight to the top, to rest in the folds of soft petals of love. I don't have the strength to hold tight at the top. That's why he who knows me gave me ledges to stop. These ledges, my thorns, are gifts in my life. I need them right now to not backslide. So thank you, dear Father." For knowing me well. I will cling and embrace what I once thought was hell. With that I pass. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you feel that Mindset Coaching could help you on your 12-step journey, please feel free to reach out and find me at catholicmindsetcoaching.com. But more than that, it's important to me to give listeners like yourself a place where you do not need to feel alone on your 12-step journey. And for that reason, I've created a Facebook group. It's called Grateful Blessed Mess. And it's a place where listeners can go to add their own commentary on the share for the day